You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. today's episode, I'd like to take a moment to introduce our sponsor, Jane. Jane is an all-in-one practice management software, which features online booking, scheduling, documentation, and a PCI compliant payment solution. The time you spend with your patients and clients is valuable, and filling out forms during their appointment can quickly take away from your time together. That's why the team at Jane has designed online intake forms that your patients can complete from the comfort of their homes. And to help them remember to fill out their forms, Jane has your back with a friendly email reminder sent 24 hours before their appointment. Um, this is huge, right? This means that they arrive ready to start their appointment and you can arrive ready to help. Jane's online intake forms are fully customizable to ensure you're collecting everything you need ahead of time, whether that's a credit card on file, in insurance billing details, or signed consent. You can build your intake forms from scratch or use a template from Jane's template library and customize it further to meet your practice needs. If you're interested in learning more, head to jane.app slash guide or use the code NURSECEO at sign up to receive a one-month grace period on your new account. Hi, this is Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneurs Podcast. Today, we have Kafilat Salawu on with us, who is the owner of, uh, how do you say that? Feeds? Fides? F-I-D-E-S? How is that? Fides. Okay, Fides, Fides. <laughs> Health Advocates. Um, so very excited. Thanks for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, so I always like to start out asking about your background as a nurse. So tell us a little bit about you and how you got into nursing. So my, I got into nursing. Thanks for asking me um, that question. It's, it means a lot to be, being a nurse means a lot to me. Um, but I got into uh, nursing because of my my uh, younger brother, who was really sick at that point, at, uh, for me at a very young age, at least. Um, just watching my parents go from one doctor's office to the next, uh, kind of trying to figure out what's going on with him, why he's so sick, uh, and not being able to get the answers. Uh, you know, from that early stage, I was thinking to myself at that point, I wish somebody would just tell us what the problem is so we would know how to fix it, right? Um, but that's kind of um, it kind of embedded in me. And then as I grew older, I knew I wanted to be in the healthcare field. Now, would I be a nurse or a doctor? Uh, I went ahead. <laughs> that, that wasn't really clear until I uh, started college and started taking the prerequisites, loved nursing, um, became a nurse. But the oncology part of it came later on. Okay. Um, and how old were you when your brother was uh, sick? Oh, gosh. I think I must have been about five, six-year-old. Oh, okay. So really young. Much, yeah. Okay. So from that time on, you had decided that you wanted to help people um, basically to <laughs> figure out what's going on. And a lot of this is, you know, I feel like it's the medical community. We kind of dance around, um, you know, everything and you're afraid to give bad news and, you know, take away hope and mm -hmm. stuff. But at the same time, it's like pure torture. <laughs> 
right right you know be there for somebody to um even if you can't you can't i mean not we don't always know what the answers are right but at least be there for them and offer that support and you know kind of what can we do in the meantime what we're trying to find what the problem is you know or solutions to the problem at least so that so comfort we didn't get yeah. So when you went into to nursing, um, where did you start out? So you started out in nursing. Did you like start on a med surge floor? Or where did how did your career go from there? Yes, I started out uh, as a med surge nurse, uh, <laughs> and I knew like right. <laughs> I, you know, my, my colleagues at that point, they were much older um, than I was. And all of them had back pains um, from walking up and down the floors for so long. I knew I wasn't going to do that for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, they all, they, gosh, they, they are wonderful nurses. They all provided excellent care. Um, but they, you know how, as a nurse, you give so much, but you can't, we don't get a lot in return or we don't even know how to take care of ourselves. And they really, they give a lot and they didn't know how to take care of themselves. Yep. <laughs> so you, you, uh, spent some time on med surge, but was like, I have to get out of here. So what did you do next? I knew I wanted to do specialized at some point after getting that general knowledge from the medical surgical floor, but uh, life threw me a curveball, uh, and that's how I decided on oncology because my loved one got a diagnosis of cancer, and that kind of enlightened me to the world of oncology. Um, how much cancer patients were. Uh, suffering from a psychological standpoint, but also physically and not being able to like, you know, get kind of navigating that whole system of, you know, get in the cancer world. Um, so I decided to switch over to, um, to being an oncology nurse and then went back to school to get my uh, master's degree as a nurse practitioner, family nurse practitioner. Did you work as a, a family nurse practitioner with oncology patients? Yes. Okay. I agree. Um, I agree. Okay. And from there, I mean, it looks like you have a, a DMP as well. Is that correct? I do. I do. Um, after about 10, 11 years, went back to school um, to get my doctorate degree for more. Really, I, I decided to pursue that for kind of figuring out how we could do better as a whole, you know, in the healthcare field, um, like quality improvements, if you may, uh, within the you know community space or even the hospital setting, how we can improve patient care. Okay. And at what point did you, in all of this, <laughs> which is a lot, um, did you decide that <laughs> you should, you needed to start a business? So even... <laughs> You know how sometimes I, I don't know if you're uh, if you've ever felt that way as a as a nurse, you want to help people, but you can't really find that you're helping them throughout your career, but you don't feel like you're you've accomplished what you really what you set out to accomplish, um, and that's where that um, the thought of owning my own business kind of came came along. I mean, it's been a life. It's been I wouldn't say lifelong necessarily, but um, a, a number of years really to thinking about 
becoming a business owner and having my own uh, time with my own patients, like one on that one on one um, with patients, having giving them the time that they deserve, if you may. Uh, you know, as a provider, sometimes patients feel rushed, right? They come in, it's a set time, and they don't even know what to ask, right? And we dump on them so much, especially in the oncologist space. We dump on them a lot. They have a lot of information. They don't know how to digest it. They go home. We ask them, do you have any question at the end of the visit? Uh, they say no, but that doesn't mean they don't have questions. They just don't know what to ask. Um, they don't know how to digest the information. And then they go home, still don't know how to take care of themselves. Um, but I realized that for my patients, when I call them in their comfortable setting, their home, and I re I told I tell them the same information that I told them within a clinical space again, the next time they show up for their visit they're able to do what I told them to do versus if I'm just seeing them there and giving them instructions on how to care for themselves at home. It's there's just a major difference um, in my own practice, at least. Okay. Um, and so, and I can, uh, I can really appreciate that because, you know, I certainly have felt that myself that, you know, the, what I was doing, what somehow wasn't enough. And it was kind of like, you know, when I look back on my nursing career, it's like, as soon as right. I was going to leave the hospital, everything I had, I had no legacy, right? Like I had nothing to show ah. for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> Um, exactly. and the business is a legacy, right? It's a, a way of giving back and helping people. Um, but right. so you, you started a health advocates build, uh, business. So tell us what that means and how did you know that you could start one? So I, when I started looking at, you know, kind of ways to, I guess, fulfill my role as a, as an actual provider who provides patient centered care, uh, I was looking at different options. I thought about having as a as a nurse practitioner, I thought about opening up my own like a primary care um, practice. But then I felt like as time goes on, I'm gonna probably end up in the same spot that I was before, you know, having that not having that enough time to provide the amount of service that I want to provide. And then I would have uh, I would still have the same problem as far as like, you know, insurance company you know, kind of dictating how much, how much you can care for somebody or how much time you have to care for someone. Um, during my research, then I, I figured, you know, advocacy, um, there, I didn't even realize there were independent, um, health advocates. Um, I stumbled upon that, uh, did my own research and I'm like, that's the puzzle that was missing. <laughs> So um, I read upon it a lot more and then I kind of think, thought about how can I fit this into the oncologist space, you know, for cancer patients who are um, recently diagnosed within their treatment journey or even patients or families who've been impacted by with cancer years ago and they're done with treatments. Um, a lot of times I hear my patients tell me that, you know, after the cancer treatment, I feel like they 
they, I feel like you guys dropped me. It's like a hot potato. Like no one wants me anymore. You guys were seeing me every two weeks and then now no one wants to see me, but like once a year or, or whatnot. Even though it's a good thing that they are being partially discharged, it's like, what else? What's next? What do I do with my life now? But having that person who knows the whole cancer journey, you know, from a provider standpoint, from a caregiver standpoint, I feel like it offers a lot of help that we're not able to give as a as a nurse practitioner only or you know, within the clinical space, at least. Yeah. Right. Um, OK. And so uh, do you remember like the point in time where you're like, you know what, I just need to open up a health advocacy business and I'm going to do it? Yes. Um, well, I, I had a, uh, I transitioned into a hospitalist role um, within the past one or two years. And I thought it would be, I thought it would be a good idea, you know, something a little bit more fulfilling than what I had been doing um, previously. And I real I, I, I think after some months into it, I realized no, I still had that void. Um, it, it was probably even worse than what I than what I was doing before because in the hospital setting, I got them, I saw them, helped them for a very brief period of time, and the next time I saw them was when they ended up with complications, and they're back in the hospital again. Um, it 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 just it didn't, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good. Cause I felt like part of me hadn't done my job the way it was supposed to be done. Although I don't have a lot of, you know, I don't have a, lo a lot of power over it because I was just stationed in the hospital. I saw them, took care of them with, for the limited time that I had with them. And that was it. Um, right. And I thought, you know, I needed more time. I need more time with my patients. I need to give, I need to be able to give them that extra support that they need. And they're not understanding. Usually when they come into the hospital, they have a lot going on. They probably just got diagnosed. They're not, they hear the word cancer. That's the last thing they heard. Um, it, it's tough. It's tough because I remember when I was a when I was holding my own family's hand through the process. It was tough for me, even though I was not the I was not the cancer patient. I was the family member. It been, it been tough for me. I can only imagine how hard it is for somebody who actually have the diagnosis. Yeah, because there's so much jargon and you don't know any of the words and what they mean, and the there's a lot of implied meanings in different words. Right. Right. Yeah. And how can you really take care of yourself if you don't know what things mean, right? If those words right. mean. <laughs> right, exactly. So, okay, so you decided, um, you know, and I can see the hospitalist role, like the, I mean, I think the hospitalists themselves are, are you know, completely burnt out, you know, for a lot of the same reasons that, mm -hmm. that nurses are. Um, but, okay, right. so you decided one day, I, you know, I just have to open this business. Like, what were the first couple of steps that you took? Um, I researched if I wanted to if if we want if I wanted to do like a um a nonprofit, could it be a nonprofit or you know um just pay? Um, does insurance even cover it? <laughs> 
And I realized that, you know, even nurse navigator uh, roles in, within the hospital space, insurance doesn't cover it. But then I kind of looked at pros and cons. What if insurance covered it? Would that be something that I really want? And I know it's not something that I want because the prob one of the problems that I'm facing is kind of caused by the insurance company, you know, because people, I mean, hospitals said, and they want to get paid. Um, and you have to see your, so even private practice providers, you want to get um, a certain number of patients, right, daily, in order to be able to meet up with, you know, paying for your facility, things like that. Um, insurance wouldn't pay or wouldn't reimburse or whatnot. So, Anyway, I I and then as far as um, the nonprofit part of it, it would be great. Um, but what kind of deterred me from that is writing um, <laughs> writing applications for for grants, and that's not my thing. So that was like, yeah, no. <laughs> no, yeah, I hear you. Um, that would be really painful. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Um, and if I can't, if I can't get grants, how can I help people? Right. Um, so yeah, that, that, those were the main thing that kind of helped me decide, you know, is it going to be a nonprofit, uh, organization or is it going to be for profit? And once I figured that step out, I, I also wanted to, um, differentiate, would it, would I be using my nurse practitioner degree to as as my uh would I be functioning as a nurse practitioner or do I want to just uh, function as a supportive um person personnel to the patients because there's a difference um am I offering concierge service or am I is it just a support staff type thing and with advocacy I decided to with this company at least I decided to do just mainly support so I don't necessarily use um so I don't recommend anything I don't prescribe anything uh it's plainly support like a guide a guiding um service um down the road though I think I'm probably going to um consider concierge um services as well uh, but for now, as far as Pied Health Advocate goes, it's plainly um, uh, just support. Well, how did you decide? I mean, because you have a lot of services on here. Like, how did you decide what it was that you offered or wanted to offer to people? It That actually came from just years of experience um, in the oncology space. Uh, kind of what I've seen patients suffer with, you know, not understanding and the cancer support is for the patient and then for their caregivers. Because uh, sometimes if you have a patient who have metastatic disease and they're at the end of the road, uh, they depend a lot on their caregivers. And caregiver support is not something that is very, um, it's, it's not easy to come by. So that's where that came from as far as the caregiver support. And then the oncologist support is just really overall um, it's not narrowed to just one thing. It's for those clients. Um, it's really whatever, whatever they need help with. All right. Um, and how did you decide to price uh, your packages? Was that something that was difficult uh, to figure out the right price point? 
It really was. It really was. Um, and honestly, I still don't have like a, a blanket price. It all just depends on like, you know, what everyone, what the patients have going on or the clients has um, going on um, and really how much they can afford, you know, because there's the financial toxicity with oncology patients is real. Um, mm -hmm. So sometimes I'm able to kind of kind of price I, I price as I go it's not like a you know going to the store buying bread for a certain amount yeah right yeah because I can imagine that that can be difficult because you want to help people um and then but to you know try and get <laughs> money after you've helped them so that you can help more people really right. uh, can be difficult right it really um, is. And I still find that very challenging. I think that's probably the number one challenge I have, um, helping people and collecting money for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, do you remember, uh, I mean, I'm sure you remember, but um, what was it like getting your first clients? Like, how did you get clients to start? Referral. My very first client was through a referral from a colleague of mine um, that I worked with years ago. And she um, <laughs> she sent me this uh, this person who um, got diagnosed with um, with pancreatic cancer, and it was it was a difficult journey for that patient. Um, however, she didn't understand, you know, where the pancreas was, uh, not to talk of what it meant for her uh, and her family members. So yeah, and. Because it was my very first client, of course, you you have everything set on paper, how to handle certain things or whatnot. But then when when it comes to it, you're like, oh God, what's the what's the first step? But it was it was a good experience. I learned from every every uh, client contact that I have. So oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we all do. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you take clients, not just, to, I mean, you're based in Georgia, but you accept clients all over the U.S. and all over the world for the matter. Is that true? That is correct. Yes, that is correct. Okay. Telehealth. Telehealth. <laughs> and it works that way. Like you don't have to go in necessarily to help people. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Have you had a lot of global clients? Is that's, I mean... Yes, I have a few. Um, I have a few from Middle East, um, a couple from Africa, and then uh, Canada. Do you help them with, uh, I mean, do they get services in the U.S. or are you helping them in their own country just to, because it's the same kind of like disease process? I mean, it's obviously not country dependent on their diagnosis, but I imagine right. um, getting the treatment they need would be very different in different countries. Right. So I help them get, they're getting treatment in their own countries. Um, most of my international clients still, they, it's more of, you know, what should we kind of helping them understand what their disease uh, is and what else is happening in other parts of the world. Uh, or sometimes they'll contact me because of the initial treatment line. They failed the initial uh, treatment line. So they're trying to, instead of, or they're trying to make a decision, should they go on to hospice or is there something else uh, there for them? Um, could they migrate to get um, treatment in other parts of the world? Interesting. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Well, so what do you see um, for like a multi-year goal? Like, where do you want this uh, this business to go? Are you happy the way it is now, or do you want it to grow or be smaller, or what are you looking to do? I want it to grow um, because the advocacy world is very um, it's it's tight. It's not a lot of it's not a lot of people. Um, and I think for wherever we are, whatever we're doing, representation matters, right? Um, I would like to see more, you know, African Americans, more um, Asians, um, um, kind of come to this field and help more people. Because if you don't, if you don't understand who the patients are, or you don't have any kind of um, anything to relate to uh, with them. I feel like sometimes we're doing some kind of disservice at some point. Um, so representation de uh, definitely matters. But as far as fights help advocate, I do want it to grow. And I work with subcontractors. So like I find people from different works of, walks of life who are independent advocates as well um, that I do um send our clients to every now and then depending on what what those clients have going on uh, for example if they're having issues with like the finances um, there are uh, independent health advocates who focus on financial uh, aspect of it so non-clinical um, so yeah oh, I love it well thank you so much for sharing this with us today absolutely uh, um, thank you for having me it's been a pleasure uh, and also just uh, one last thing, where can people go to find out more about you, what you're doing, and maybe even get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, uh, www.fights, and that's F as in Frank, I, D as in David, E, S, help advocates with an S, dot com. So fightshelpadvocates.com. I am also on Instagram, fights help advocates, and you can find me on LinkedIn, Dr. Kafilat Salawu. Um, so K A F S and Frank I L A T. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Thank you. This is Katie Harris saying thanks for listening. Remember, if you're a nurse who is ready to start this type of business that you heard about here today on this podcast or any other idea that is burning a fire inside of you, let's talk it out. Click the link inside the show notes to schedule your private discovery call with my team. No sales. This call is just to determine what your idea is and if we can help. Until next time, keep making your impact, nursepreneurs.